go. Welcome to a very special edition of Grand New Podcast. Good to be back with you. Uh, it's been a little while. It's been a minute. But here, Matt is with us as well. We are here to have Tim Anderson on and welcome, welcome him to the program. Good to have you on, Tim. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Great to, great to have you. Um, now, you are, you've made uh, a bit of a star in Virginia politics. I think that would be the understatement. <laughs> well, uh, inside and outside of the courtroom, yeah, I think so. We've, um, uh, we've had a few battles with uh, some Democrats this year, and we have uh, also, I've also announced for a run for the uh, delegate seat here in Virginia Beach. It's the 83rd district. And so, so yeah, I've, uh, I've had, a, a, I, I don't think I'm on anybody's Christmas card list if they have a D behind their name. I don't, okay. I'm not getting one uh, Christmas card from anybody on the Democrat side of the uh, aisle right now, but uh, yeah, it's been fun. Um, you know, uh, we, uh, we've been working on a recall petition for Senator Lucas for the nonsense in Portsmouth. Mm -hmm. uh, that is pretty much ready to go. Uh, the real question is, is when to file because the legislators get immunity. We saw that, you know, with Chris Hurst, he got immunity when he got pulled over for that DUI and didn't get charged. Um, they get immunity before they're in session and they barely just got out of session, uh, out of their special session. And then they, it's a 30 day window. It's complicated, but anyway, that recall petition's uh, about ready to be filed, probably get filed right after the general assembly ends next year. Uh, we got, uh, we had a fight with uh, speaker Fillercorn about her, uh, uh, denying the existence of government documents related to, uh, the moving of the, the, the artwork and the uh, busks that were in the uh, old house chamber. She said that they didn't exist. We sued her uh, under FOIA, found out that they did exist and the judge sanctioned her. Uh, first time the speaker of the House of Delegates has ever been sanctioned to our knowledge in Virginia. And, uh, and then yesterday we filed a lawsuit against uh, Speaker Fillercorn and uh, Senator Mamie Locke uh, after their decision to close the Pocahontas building uh, for, um, for the uh, general public to go in and meet with uh, their legislators during this, the General Assembly session. They said, Senator Locke and uh, Speaker Fillercorn said, it's too dangerous to go in the Pocahontas building, despite the fact that every other governmental agency is open and Walmart and everywhere else is open, but it's too dangerous to go into the, the building where laws are made. So uh, Senator DeSteff uh, engaged me and we filed a lawsuit in Richmond for an injunction. And it looks like that's gonna come up for a hearing on Monday. Coincidentally, the judge we got assigned to is the same judge that is suing Daniel Gade for defamation. So uh, there are lots of twists and turns uh, in my life and uh, we, are, uh, we are where we are. So we're gonna hopefully see the judge Monday grant our petition. It's a first amendment right issue. I mean, for me, yeah. it seems like a no brainer. You can't close the public building uh, and, and to the public and not to everybody else. Uh, so it seems like a no brainer, but we'll see what the judge says Monday. Tim, before you became, before you became a bundle of joy for the Democrats, how did you, how did you get here? What's your, what's your uh, story? And well, you know, in, in the trajectory of Virginia politics. Yeah, I, I really just a, a, a very brand new newbie. Uh, a year ago when the Democrats took over uh, in the House of Delegates and the Senate, and you know, we saw they had the trifecta. Now, uh, I really started paying attention. And I mean, I'll be quite honest, about this time, well, about November of 2019, I didn't really 
care so much about politics, if, you know, didn't pay too much attention, you know, would go in and vote for uh, people if I knew them. And if not, you know, even skipped a lot of elections, but very apathetic. But when they started, when I started bearing down and watching what they were doing in 2019 and following through in 2020, uh, it's very alarming. I mean, you're seeing uh, the entire fabric of Virginia get just ripped apart and a, an agenda from uh, a, the New York style liberal politics being thrusted in Virginia. And so every day I've been doing my own little kind of podcast, Facebook living, talking about the laws of what's happening, what's new. And, you know, now all the COVID stuff and watching the governor run around unchecked. I've not been uh, without material to talk about every single day since November 1st, 2019. We've, we've had something substantive to talk about um, because of what's going on. And uh, now, you know, everybody wanted me to run for attorney general. That was the big push. You know, you need to run for attorney general. I've never run for anything. I'm not even a you know, student body president or anything. Um, and so I felt like the House of Delegates was the right move. You know, we got to flip the House of Delegates. It's important. You're running, obviously. Yeah. So am I. We got to flip six seats. And in the seat that I'm running in, Nancy Guy, who's the Democrat incumbent, just got her seat and she won by 27 votes. So and, and, and this is after they redrew the lines and made made our district like 12 points Democrat. She still won by only 27 votes. So we've got to, um, guys like you guys like me. Uh, people need to step up uh, and challenge these Democrat incumbents and try to flip some seats. And if we can flip six, we get a seat in government again. Trying to get Matt to run in Roanoke, but he won't take the bait. <laughs> I have a Republican delegate, so I, I wouldn't do me any good to run. Um, one of the things, Tim, about you is you just started to explain things to people. And that kind of hearing someone explain this stuff, because – I'll be honest, the House leadership didn't explain it to us. The Senate leadership didn't explain it to us. But you kind of rose to prominence, not yelling at people, but just kind of explaining how this works. And I think that's I think that's a wonderful thing you've been doing. My wife is a huge fan. We've had dinner together. And you've just such a great ex – you explain things very well. And I think that's – that's something that we lack right now in Virginia politics is that somebody's just not explaining what these new regulations mean, what this law means. Like having someone to explain things is really important. Yeah. I've heard, I hear that a lot. Um, breaking it down, you know, breaking it down into a <clears throat> digestible points and most importantly, keeping it short. My wife yells at me. If I do a video, and it's more than six minutes, I get yelled at. Uh, she's like, and that's even too long. So uh, you got to make it short. You got to make it something they can understand, breaking it down and uh, getting the point on. And then most importantly, getting off, getting off the uh, Facebook Live and not wearing people out. Well, and the other thing is, is that I've actually walked into businesses that have, you know, your COVID disclaimers on them. And I think that's, that's amazing that you have that much of an impact that you're helping small businesses stay open, that you're helping, you know, gun owners be able to know their rights and know when they can, what kind of firearm they can have and how, where your reciprocity works. I think you're, you've got a vast amount of knowledge. And that's what, that's what I like about you is that you, you're knowledgeable about the law and you can dodge, you can make it digestible 
a lot of people can know the law, but they can't digest the law. And that's something I really admire in you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, um, one of the things I really want to talk about this thing with closing the Pocahontas building. Nothing makes me angrier than legislators who want to hide. And uh, I'll steal a line from my friend Denver Riggleman. You know, you've got to drag vampires into sunlight because when they get in the dark, they um, that raise our taxes, take our rights away and make us less free. And so I feel like that's what they're trying to do under the guise of, you know, COVID-19 and say, oh, we're going to close the Pocahontas building. And it feels like to me that they're doing that so they can get something done without us paying attention. Do you get that vibe? Well, and Matt, um, Matt and Tim, I'm sure you know, Tim, before you answer, they don't have a problem closing the Pocahontas building, but I bet you they're going out to dinner. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think that those are, uh, are very good points. In the preamble of our complaint that we filed yesterday, I quoted the uh, I quoted uh, Justice Gorsuch's um, uh, from uh, his quote that he just issued on the uh, Roman Catholic Diocese case against Como Cuomo up in New York. And the very last sentence was, is who knew public health would be so perfectly aligned with secular convenience? You know, that's a very important thing that the that, you know, the justices are saying is, is rights are rights. And um we have a First Amendment right to assemble. We have a First Amendment right to address our government and and go there. And, and th- that building's entire purpose is for the public to meet with their representatives during general session. That's why that building exists. The legislators are not there otherwise. They're in their home offices where they, where they live. But when they're in Richmond and they're in session, they assemble in that building for uh, where their offices are, and its sole purpose is for the public to um, be able to uh, meet with them and talk to them and them to have an office space. And so the real question is, is if the DMVs are open, if the courts are open, if I can go in and contest a speeding ticket, if uh, I can go to the tax, you know, to my commissioner of revenue and pay my taxes in person, why can't I meet with my uh, General Assembly members during session in the public office. Why is that? Why are that? Why is that too dangerous? And the answer to that question is, uh, it's very easy. It is not because of COVID. It's because they have a radical agenda this year, and they don't want to be caught in the elevator by the peasants who are going to confront them. And you know, lobby day is just a, an example. I'm not representing the VCDL or their interests in any way, but they come every year. They assemble outside. And then they go in and talk to their assembly, to the General Assembly members about Second Amendment stuff. They don't want to do that this year because they have House Bill 961, which is going to make us all criminals if we have a handgun that has a magazine that holds more than 12 rounds. They don't want to see us. Um, And so this is just outright baloney. It's, It's not based in any medical science. It's not based in anything more. It's just they don't want the peasants to bother with them while they're uh, radicalizing the agenda in 2021. And we've already seen it. Like one bill, Mamie Locke herself uh, uh, just filed, is she wants felons in custody, serving their prison sentence, the right to be able to vote. Um, She wants people who've been declared mentally incompetent to be able to vote. Um, And so, you know, 
what we're talking about is, is just, can you imagine this? Some guy serving a life sentence for rape and murder in Sussex County, sitting in prison in Sussex County. Um, and he gets to absentee vote in the elections, the local elections, the general elections, the primaries, uh, and he'll be in prison for the rest of his life. I mean, that is what they're, that's just one example of many of what they're trying to do. And they just don't want to be bothered. They want to get their agenda through without getting harassed and uh, hope that nobody's paying attention, but we are, and I'm yelling about it every day. So Tim, as, as Republicans, you know, and, and I, I'm jumping in uh, for the same reason you are where, you know, I've had it and the rubber band, you know, I always say the rubber band um, that the left has done, they've, they're stretching it so far. They are now so radical and so off the beaten path that common sense just isn't in their wheelhouse. As Republicans, you know, me and you might know the answer to this, but what is the answer as a party? What can we do in this state to not only take back our state, but to lead the charge against this just flat out um, lunacy approach that the Democrats want to drag our state in? Well, you know, you have to really kind of ask yourself what happened to the Democrats? You know, how did they get so left so quick? And the answer really is this. Look at the 83rd race in 2019, the one I'm running in with Nancy Guy. Michael Bloomberg gave Nancy Guy, a non-incumbent, $350,000, okay, in, from a PAC that he controlled to a non-incumbent for a House of Delegates race in Virginia Beach. What did Nancy Guy have to promise Michael Bloomberg for that money? You know, complete allegiance and loyalty to the Michael Bloomberg way of life, all right? And he did that to a, a bunch of um, uh, people in Virginia. And so now they're in and, the, and Bloomberg and Soros are calling in you know, what they want. And that's why you're seeing this. You saw it even with Delegate Hope. You know, this bill that they passed in the special session that said you can't drive, if you're driving without headlights, the police can't stop you, right? Uh, because that was racial. That was a racist thing. If, if you're literally driving down the road without headlights, Delegate Hope's bill said police can't stop you because that would be racial profiling. It's totally insane, right? And so when uh, the House voted for it and the Senate voted for it, and we're yelling about it on the outside, and finally it caught their attention, and Delegate Hope said, I didn't know that's what my bill said. Um, and then the governor ended up fixing that part of it. But how does the proponent of the bill not know what his bill says? It's pretty easy. Somebody else is writing the bills for him and it isn't delegate hope. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, people that work for Bloomberg and these other super far left people that are just trying to flip Virginia over. So that's what's happened. So how do you fix it? We've got to limit, we got to limit out of state influence on our elections, period. And I, I know there's this Citizens United case from Supreme Court, but we have to find ways to limit out-of-state money. I have a plan on that where if PACs are donating to look to statewide or, or uh, delegate races or senator races, that 75% of the money has to come from Virginia. Uh, they can't have all this money coming from all these other sources and all these uh, oligarchs donating money and dark money and all that stuff being pumped into Virginia. Virginia could reasonably change that. If we didn't have that kind of money coming in, I think that you would start seeing the Democrats be able to have to run and raise money from people in Virginia and have to listen to the people in Virginia about what they what they want. And you wouldn't have guys like you're running against mm -hmm. uh, up in the 50th who's an open socialist. An open who socialist. Who doesn't, who 
believe in private property. That's where we are right now. <laughs> All cops are bad. There's not yeah. a single police officer in Virginia that is good, according to the current delegate in the 50th. No. We have to get we have to reduce that influence. If we do, I think we bring the Democrats back into the middle and then we can start having normal conversations again. They weren't like this. No two or three years ago. This just happened. And it's happening because of the outside influence from Bloomberg, Soros, and their cohorts. Well, I think it's I think it's great to talk about this. And especially, you know, Tim, you and I had dinner and we sat down with my wife and we were talking about this and it never really registered. You know, I'm a concealed weapons holder. And you looked, it, it kind of just dawned on me when you said, how many rounds go in this thing? And I was counting in my head. I was like, I think I'm a fel- I think they want to make me a felon. And, and it's just we're law-abiding citizens. We pay our taxes. We don't do anything wrong except in their eyes own a firearm and be a Republican. But you know, when does the lunacy stop? When do we when do we get to a solution where we have common sense ruling the Commonwealth of Virginia again? I think that I think that the most important thing is is that the Democrats are going left and they're going left and they're going left and they're going left. And what the Democrats of Virginia fear the most is not Republicans. They fear getting primary by a further left uh, candidate. And that's what's I think that's what fears them. So the, the Democrats have to be more left than they than they want to maybe be personally so that they don't get primary by their own party. And so what the Democrats have to do, Democrat Party of Virginia has 44 full-time staff members. Uh, the Republican Party of Virginia has three. Uh, and so what has to happen is, is the Republican Party has to change their ground game. And we have got to start winning races. If we win in Virginia 2021, we win the governor's race. We win uh, the House of Delegates race. We win an attorney general. Race, we win anything. It's going to check the Democrats and we're, they're going to start fearing Republicans and coming back towards the middle. But if we keep losing, they have nothing to fear other than a Democrat primary, which would pull them further left. Um, the state goes further and further that way. 2021 is a pivotal year for Virginia. If we don't win something, something, we're going to lose what Virginia has been for us our entire lives. Well, That's and, t- and Tim, I'm originally from New York. I know how this story ends. Um, when I was in New York, um, Rudy was mayor, Pataki was governor, and now look at New York. It doesn't even exist anymore. Now, New York did make some gains, especially in the 11th, right, uh, congressionally. But uh, it's a wrap on New York. Uh, New York's never going to be a red state again. And unfortunately, like you said, all this dark money coming in, what's happening in Virginia, if you guys are big superhero fans like I am, the movie Man of Steel, when Zod is trying to make Earth into Krypton and he's terraforming the place to make it look like his old home, that's what's happening right here in Virginia. Sure. We're being terraformed to fit New Jersey or New York. And I don't think uh, this has to be a dire urgency. And that's why, you know, when, when I'm stepping up, you're stepping up, people have to know us and invest in our races because we are the last guardians at that gate. We, we truly are. And if we are not going to invest in our House of Delegates races or Lieutenant Governor, Attorney General or Governor, and we're not thinking seriously, it's never coming back, folks. Yeah, I, I think you're right. If we don't win 2021, 
it's going to be a different state and one that we won't recover from uh, in our in probably our lifetime. Uh, you're just going to see Virginia slip off into the abyss. I, you know, they're, they're talking about putting uh, Virginia in the uh, presidential elector compact, which would mean that it, it, basically what most Democrat states have come together, creating this compact. And they're basically saying uh, we're going to pledge our presidential electors to the candidate that wins the popular vote. Well, that's a real problem because you have states like California and states like New York that have huge people, huge problems. People are voting, right? People are voting. People uh, are illegally voting. There's lots of unsafe safeguards. And so, yeah, you're going to get places like California and New York that are going to have millions and millions of votes that probably aren't legal. And uh, we're saying we're going to pledge our electors to whoever wins the popular vote, basically taking away the electoral college. Uh, and so if, if that passes, they've already have 190 electors in that compact. If Virginia enters, that's another 13. When we get to 270, uh, then the electoral college no longer becomes uh, relevant. And uh, how does a conservative ever win again with people voting in California and New York? And so, boy, it is, it is super important. It's super important that we step up as conservatives. This is the time when it matters. I know everybody says it's the most important election, but why it's important is not because I want to win or you want to win. Yeah. We have to check the Democrats and pull them back. They don't have all their ideas aren't terrible, no. but mo many of them are so extreme. We have to we have to uh, pull them back so that there's some resemblance of traditional conservative values uh, at the same you know. Delegate Tran, just remember, Delegate Tran, a year and a half ago, on the floor of the House of Delegates, said, you should be able to abort a baby until the moment of birth uh, with no other reason other than it would cause mental anxiety to the mother to have the baby. That's, that's what we're looking at. <laughs> that's where we're at right now. And you know, as well as I do, everyone on here, you know this wouldn't happen under uh, a Governor Wilder or even a Governor Warner or Kane back that's in right. the day, or even... Think about it. I mean, even with, and this is why I think 2021 is going to be interesting, even on the other side. McAuliffe is the clear front runner. It's assumed he's going to win. Is he going to stand true to, now look, Terry McAuliffe is progressive socially, but he is a business guy and he at least was pro-business. Where, do, where does he go from here? Where does he, push, he, does he huh? Can he, Mike, one of the things that kills me Terry McAuliffe was a business governor, but he's not he's not liberal enough for this Democratic Party. No, he's not. And that's the thing. Is he going to adapt kind of like Biden and had to do the whole like, you know, he really had to walk the progressive walk? Or is he going to be Terry McAuliffe? Right, because I don't think the Terry McAuliffe of 2013 wins. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Now. Well, Tim, I do want to get in a fun question because we always yeah. ask you a fun question. Um, Christmas is coming up. Christmas is in two weeks. Oh, and boy. you you are a you and I talk about guns a lot. And um, so I want to know what firearm do you want Santa Claus to bring you for Christmas? <laughs> well, you know, I own a gun shop, so I have a gun shop with about 400 firearms in it. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, what I would like Santa Claus to bring to me is ammo. <laughs> oh my God. Can we talk about this? Like, I just need, 
I need more ammo. Cause can somebody bring it to me? Like I, this is terrible. What is the deal with the ammo shortage lately? Yeah. Well, okay. So there's two problems with the ammo. First off, um, there's a good part of the segment who believes we're going to be in armed civil conflict. And so people have been really hoarding and buying lots of ammo. People coming in and buying 5,000 rounds of ammo. That's put a lot of pressure on the market. And then on top of that, the uh, manufacturers are off, have been offline for COVID. They're not working at full capacity. So, you know, ammunition that has been 10 cents a round to buy uh, on a wholesale level is coming in at 80 to 90 cents a round right now. Uh, and so we, are, we have just seen just such a huge increase in ammo prices that I'm just kind of hoping that once January 20th happens and the president is sworn in, whomever that president is, and everybody just kind of calms down and realizes we're not in armed conflict, uh, hopefully then you'll start seeing the ammo prices coming back down. But it's, it's crazy right now. It's unbelievable how much we're paying as dealers for ammo. Well, th the thing about it is, is like I walk into my Gander Mountain. Um, I have a Gander Mountain by my house and I'll walk in and they'll say, we got a box of ammo at 9 a.m. And at 9.05, it was gone. Yeah. And that's where we're at. And it's, ugh, it's frustrating as a gun owner. It's super frustrating as a gun owner. But um, no, I'm hoping... You know, if Santa Claus wanted to bring me a Colt 1911, which is my namesake for my middle name, I would be offended by it. Um, I mean, Santa can bring me a Colt 1911. I'd be good with it, but it's. A so I, I want Santa to bring me donations. Donations. Yeah. And Tim, I think you want that too. De delegate donations. Yeah. So, yeah, delegate donations are always important. Uh, hey, Matt, I'll show you. I have a little uh, present that I did tuck away for myself. And. Just so everybody knows, Matt and I have not spoke about what he just said, um, but I did just tuck this away for me from the gun shop. I said, I want this for myself. Take a look, Matt. I'll show it to you. That's a uh, oh, 1911. Oh, <laughs> he's still my beating heart. She's yep. a beaut, Clark. She's a beaut. Matt's yep. about to leave Lauren for it. Oh, she's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just kind of funny you said that because I literally just pulled this off and brought it over to my uh, uh, my office because I wanted it myself. So that's pretty funny. No, so folks don't know this about me, but my middle name is Colt. Um, and the specific reason is my dad is obsessed with Colt 1911s. And so literally my namesake is a Colt 1911. And so if if I got one for Christmas, I wouldn't be offended by it, you know. Um <laughs> I'd be tickled to death to get one. We need to get um, your wife to watch your podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, she said she said we had a hundred dollar limit on um, <laughs> on Christmas presents. I don't think we can multiply that by uh, what ten fifteen. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But um, guys, it's been fun. Yeah. Plug all your. Where can people find you on social media? A uh, pretty easy. Uh, Tim four VA for our. Uh, campaign site tim f-o-r-v-a uh for the campaign site and then just uh our uh facebook page uh tim anderson virginia just type that into um facebook and it'll go right to our page all, all right. right all right guys have a good christmas and we will be back in the new year christmas and happy holidays all right thanks merry guys. christmas everybody merry christmas all right